Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to the weekly movie show with the boys, Connor hey. and Benny. Hi there. Is that is that now a staple? Like are That's you just it. doing the pointing and the... So much pointing. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it's it's just the standard affair for the weekly okay. show. We need to entice people out of the audio version onto YouTube. So <laughs> yeah, if you want to yeah. see that pointing... Why is he saying on it YouTube like that? Right what now, yeah. possible hand gestures could be accompanying <laughs> this? I must know. Well, you I can must find see out. it. You, luckily, you can find out. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. We've got a really cool episode this week. Avengers Endgame directors, the Russo brothers, are teaming up with Netflix for an animated series. We've also got some interesting news about Django... Just kidding. Django and Zorro heading back to the big screen together. And we've also got some trailers for Dark Crystal, a new Pixar film. Plenty of juicy content coming up for you. And guys, if you want to skip to any areas, head down to the uh, annotations and you can skip to anywhere you want in this episode. But as always, before we kick things off, Connor, let me know. Let me know what you've seen this week, man. I'm dying. (laughs) I'm dying. Um, do George, do either of us want to take a guess? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Say it. I'll, I'll get that over and done with really quickly. Finished off the last couple of episodes of season three for Man in the High Castle. Nice. Um, oh. That's embarrassing. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's it. That cancels your segment. <laughs> well, that's the end of it. Bye now. Um, the, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, look, a really solid finish to the season. I've been really impressed uh, so far. I'm really itching to see. I think the season four is going to be the finale, um, which I think is really cool. I, I don't think that. Oh, is that uh, confirmed? I, I don't know. I, I said that. That's why I said I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I but hate being in the if, situation you're in right now, which is binging a show and then having to wait for like one last season and watching know, it weekly right? or something. I'm like, Ew. And I thought that maybe I'd get lucky and, you know, it's going to come out in like a week or so, but there's no, no announcement or I was trying to find it after I finished the episode. Um, uh, you know, they had a teaser trailer in February of this year, but since then I don't think that they've really confirmed the date Brilliant. or maybe they haven't. I just haven't seen it. So just but, quickly um, going off that, it was announced at San Diego, Diego comic con of the series had been renewed for a fourth season, which was confirmed to be the last one of the series. Yeah. Okay. So, and I think that's a really good idea. I think that, you know, um, keep it uh, comparatively short and sweet. Um, you know, that's, that'll be 40 episodes, I believe. I think they're 10 episodes each. Good length. Um, that, yeah, it's Perfect. a really good length. That's a George length series, man. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think there's a 10 George more. length series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's obviously a lot more to explore with like the world. Um, and there's a million things that they could do. But in terms of the characters, you can only, you know, stretch out a character arc so far. So I think that that's I think that's really cool. Um, I also chucked on um, the Foreigner, which was a Jackie Chan Pierce Brosnan film. Um, I think from last year. This this was like not a big film. It didn't. It was just kind of one of those. Well, we um, certainly didn't cover it. So no, it we did not. Big. Um, <laughs> it's kind of Jackie Chan's taken, yeah. Sorta, not really. Mm. Um, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie Chan's not even in it. Yeah. Um, in in the sense that it is an old guy being sort of badass, then mm. yes. Um, it. I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I oh, thought it was going to be things. pretty standard kind of, um, you know, I guess kind of action um, taken style film. But they introduced a lot more of the kind of intrigue. Um, around the IRA, which is not a topic that I feel that is um, commonly, you know, covered in films like that. Mm. Um, And, 
you know, obviously taking a, a bit of a different take on um, terrorism and, and political intrigue. And I don't know. I, th- I thought it was a, a fairly cool film. Um, I don't know that I would say that it's uh, uh, it really stuck the landing for me. I think the the end was a bit. Um, it, it did a lot of build up, and then just kind of went like, "Okay, I don't know where to go from here." And that was on Netflix. Um, what did I watch it on? I think it might have been Stan. It was one of the other ones. Okay, generico streamer. Yeah, but I mean, definitely, if if you know Friday night, you don't have much to do. Definitely worth a chuck on. Chuck on Baywatch. Um, and speaking of um, <laughs> things that I've chucked on, uh, I've watched the first half of Barry, which was a recommendation from Ben. Um, Keep that Foxtel subscription <laughs> intact. <laughs> no, I just bought it on iTunes. Oh, okay. It was like, there was like, there was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it was, it was, there was a special on it. It was like four bucks for the entire season. I was like, fuck, why not? Easy, I'm not yeah. gonna, like, that's less than I'd pay for the bloody Foxtel subscription. Screw yeah. that. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't want to give away too much about this series. It's just, I think it's beautifully understated, um, and, uh, kind of weirdly funny, not laugh out loud funny, but definitely like a kind of a morbid, dark humor. You go into like a, you know, it's like Dexter, except with Bill Hader and you're like, not sure what to expect, but it's not exactly this. You think something a little funnier, but it's, it's a HBO show and it's pretty dark as well. It's pretty dark. And it's, I mean, it's Bill Hader. So you, you kind of, I always forget that he's got depth to him. Like he, he's Mm. a legit actor, like he can do it. He's a writer, Um, director on the show and creator. Producer and and a couple of other things. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. He he constantly amazes me because you go in expecting him to be like the funny Bill Hader, and he's he's still funny, but it's 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 a lot darker. Are you, are, you, cool. are you in love with NoHo Hank yet? Um, which one's that? The bald dude. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was meant to be like a supporting character, I think. I can see that. And he's as through like season two, he's become a main character because he just won ever and ever with his performance. He's so fucking funny. I mean, By the end of the season, let me know because you're gonna love. He's kind of spectacular. Yeah. Mm. Let me know um, when you finish that. Season. And uh, <laughs> and. Because I can never remember names to save my life. Um, the old dude. What's his name? The Fonz. Fonz, yeah, yeah. yeah what's his name? <laughs> I can't yeah. remember. Um, I had it in my head the other day. He, he's, uh, he's been in a lot of things lately, or things that I've watched. So he was in um, Buster Scruggs, um, which we watched you know, late last year. Um, he's in The Man with a High Castle. Mm. Um, he's, in, he's in this. He keeps kind of popping up, and I'm never disappointed by him. I think he's great. So mm. yeah, that's what I've been watching. A lot of TV series. Just a quick tangent on that point that you mentioned, Benny, with that character who has become amplified in season two. I love it when TV shows kind of evolve mm. and, and and they sort of see what's working, what isn't working, mm. and then they make adjustments. And that's the difference between the first season and the fifth season of a show is they writing characters and then as the show progresses, you're writing for those actors. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, I just love seeing that happen and seeing yeah. a show transform. Mm. Yeah. This, is, this is such a good example of it too. Yeah, I've got to check that out. Give us your list, Benny. Um, so I checked out the new Netflix um, thriller, uh, The Perfection. Um, we watched a trailer for this ages ago. Yeah. Um, was this with the, the two girls? Yes. And the viola, the cello? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, well, that's out. Shit, yeah, I the, that out. Yeah, the, the girlfriend from um, Get Out. Yep. Um, this, was, uh, this was really cool. Really fun kind of pulpy, trashy thriller. Um, it really keeps you guessing. It, it, it's like a new movie every 20 minutes. And um, like in a really fun way. For better or worse. No, in a really good way. Okay. Um, it, it just goes places you'd never expect. Even having seen the trailer, I was like, man, I didn't see any of this um, kind of coming this way, just blindside you. 
Um, and I, I think it sticks a landing as well. So that was a fun one. I recommend that. Wow, fuck. I got to check that out. Ignore any headlines you see. It's happening again uh, on Facebook. I just keep seeing like the, the scariest movie ever oh, made has mm-hmm. been released that people are throwing up. I'm like, shut the... It's not scary at all. It's not a horror movie. It's just good. Okay. Um, I also checked out today the first episode of uh, Good Omens. The um, Oh, yeah. Nice, I really want to check that out. Neil Gaiman. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Terry Pratchett um, novel starring uh, Doctor Who. I think I might. Yeah. That'll be my next one now that I've finished *Man in the High Castle* because that's on Prime as well. Yeah, um, David Tennant and uh, Sheen, Michael the Sheen, Sheen that isn't Fuck, the other Sheen. We made it, boys. <laughs> we made it. Um, I look. I want to say I liked it, but I was just really distracted the whole time. It was presented in uh, HDR, high dynamic range. Oh god! So it was just like it was like a high frame rate. It just looked so I cheap and that. shitty to me the whole time, and it was all the more distracting because it wasn't. Like it was all these huge actors, but it looked so bad. I was just sitting there, like, "What the fuck is happening?" The I trailers looked like that, though. Like the trailers looked like it was like really shoddy CGI kind but of. But it, it works a lot better in that format. I find it, looking like this, like ultra HD, it looks so much worse. It really Jesus. bothered me. I hate going over to people's house and they've got the frame blending smooth motion thing mm. on the TV, and I'm like, "What the fuck, man?" You're showing Get that, that Tom shit Cruise to video. Twenty four frames a second. Yeah, it was. It was like it's clearly a big production, but it just looks so uncinematic that it was really taking me out of it. I really want to give it another shot. I'm trying to work out how to watch it not that way because um, I had to downgrade my Netflix ages ago because it was all like ultra HD mm. and it made everything look awful. Um, and it, it's also, it's it's a little too cutesy. It's that real Terry Pratchett um, Hitchhiker's Guide thing, which is hard to get right when it's not directly his voice. I think mm. it works really well in his books. But um, yeah, I, I do want to keep watching a bit more of it because I, I do love the interplay between the two leads, definitely. Um, I think that's the major draw of that yeah, series. Yeah, and you got that from the trailer even. Yeah. Um, I watched the first episode today as well of DC's Swamp Thing. Um, this was uh, this was pretty cool. Okay. I got to say, this was um, it was nothing groundbreaking, but what they did with the the kind of gore and like disease stuff happening in the show, it's it's a lot of it's almost like out of John Carpenter's The Thing. Nice, which was really really impressive. Um, so I'm very keen to watch some more of this. They also crammed a lot of origin story into the first episode, which most of these TV shows do not do. Mm-hmm. They st- string it out over a whole season. Yeah. Um, but they get c- kind of right to the point after one episode. Okay, um, nice one. So there's uh, there's something you know something in there with this show. Yeah. The trailers, the first trailer was crap. The second trailer was better. Yeah. But I was yeah. very skeptical. I've, I thought that that had the the makings of a good show, but just whoever they got to do the the trailers, trailers just yeah. had no idea what they were doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe report back to me in a few weeks and I can let you know. But um, Or you can report back to us. No, I'm not coming to you. You can come to me. <laughs> what report are we going to give you? <laughs> um, uh, and just quickly, I also watched all of what is currently out of the second season of One Punch Man, the only anime I can really bring myself nice. to watch nowadays. Uh, show. Absolutely fucking love it. It's, it's the only anime I would ever recommend to anyone. And I would recommend it to anyone. Um, still loving that Great one. Great premise. Uh, yes, very cool. Well, so the general premise is like this guy has never been defeated, at least in season one. Well, yeah, he can defeat anything in one punch, hence yeah. the name, and he's just really bored. Really he wants, jaded. He wants a challenge, yeah. Really jaded. Yeah, just really fun. It feels like a parody of something that doesn't exist, mm. <laughs> or maybe just I didn't watch, but um, yeah, that's cool. And uh, very briefly, I've been re-watching through uh, Seinfeld for the first time in like 10 or 15 years. Me too. And it is a, such a fucking joy oh my God, I'd forgotten how great that show is. And I was raised on it. Like I've watched it a million times. I've got the whole box set, but um, I just can't believe the how well the characters are written in that show and the continuity, the callbacks. It is yeah. so clear that Larry David and Seinfeld are comic book fans because they string through 
little seeds, like seasons beforehand that pay off later. I was um I was watching an episode I think last in night a 90s or the night sitcom. before. Anyway, go ahead. Um, uh, I can't remember what episode it was. It was the one where Kramer was going for um for the lection of Del Boca Vista, mm-hmm. and um I had to pause it at one point and rewind it because. Uh, as the the newspaper flashes up of him doing the the kind of election campaign thing, I noticed that the final one at the very corner there was this um, Larry David does something. And I was like, oh, <laughs> have they been doing this? Is it rewound it? And every time the newspaper came up in the corner, there was this like string through of, of what Larry David was doing. <laughs> and I, you know, it made me kind of think about how much they, like, like you were saying, how much they just kind of put into the little corners of the show or the, you know, how they kind of string things along. And yeah, I, I just, I absolutely love that show. The thing I find that's best about it, that is so much better than even modern sitcoms, is when a character says something funny, the other characters laugh. Mm. Like you watch that Big Bang Theory shit and someone will make a joke. And if you take out the laugh track, which oh, are really harrowing videos that are out there, yeah. <laughs> everyone just stands around for like five seconds. It's so weird. Anyway, uh, if you haven't seen that show, check it out because it is a classic and it stands up. I haven't yeah. seen it for years. Mm. Eh? I don't think I've w- w- watched all the episodes either. Mm. Uh, for me this week, I mentioned this on last week's episode. I watched a documentary called Side by Side, which is a really cool um examination of the film industry's transition from celluloid film into digital technology. Keanu. Keanu Reeves, yeah. So this is just a really great little um, artifact of that point in time where (laughs) it was really tipping uh, to digital and you've got some really big heavy hitters in here. You've got Chris Nolan, Fincher, Steven Soderbergh, even some great cinematographers. Um, If you're into the technical side of filmmaking and want to learn a little bit more of the difference between the two or you're just starting to get into celluloid film, this is a really, really amazing documentary. And um, I particularly like it, as I said, is that artifact, is that particular moment in time, the tip point so this is just one for the ages i feel and i'm so glad it was made and keanu reeves he's a really great presenter mm-hmm. he's the basically the sort of through line of it and he clearly really cares about um this other side of filmmaking i mean he's he's directed a few films as well so it's it's just all in all a fantastic piece and does um, he shoot on um film or digital? i'd probably say digital but uh you know it's hard to say it's hard to say. It's I don't think he particularly. Really. I don't think he's. I mean, mentioned. we can look it up. Probably no, no, it's impossible. <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. And it also talks about the pros and cons of like the two formats. So with digital, mm. you can just keep shooting, right? It's very just unbiased. Go, 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 go. And then celluloid is like every seven minutes or six minutes or so, you've got to change the reel out. Mm. And it creates a sort of little flow where the actors get a bit of a break. Everyone gets a bit of a break. And when digital was coming through, some of these actors that are interviewed in this um, piece are sort of like, man, I just need five minutes. Like digital, we're going again, we're going again, we're going again. Fincher is trying to kill me. (laughs) 80 takes of David Fincher, you know. So Mm. there's so many complexities in this. It's not just about image quality. It's about the, um, the process involved. So highly recommend that. And then I, uh, after last week's Godzilla review and your recommendation, Benny, I decided to jump on Anime Lab and check out Shin Godzilla. Nice. uh, Which is um, directed by uh, one of my favorites, the uh, director of even the creative Evangelion anime. And um, man, I fucking love this. Awesome. I was so into it. It has a lot of callbacks to Evangelion. Mm-hmm. Even the um the drums, like that's lifted straight out of Evangelion. Yeah, I heard there was some musical cues it, from like that. it is Gynax to the max. Mm. It, and and I was just like, 
oh, I'm, I'm finally getting a live action Evangelion. <laughs> I, some of the big scale stuff in that movie, isn't it breathtaking? Oh, man. And like the design of Godzilla himself is very Evangelion. Angel. He looks like an angel. Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. He's got that really crazy eye. Yeah, big fish the eye. The blood. Um, this is so interesting um, from multiple levels. And after doing a bit of reading afterwards, you know, the original Godzilla used the um, atomic bomb that ended World War II as sort of the... Um, the kernel that sort of started the the idea the idea of the piece is sort of a, an allegorical tale of that. Mm. And this one, on the other hand, is using the Fukushima nuclear um, disaster that happened in 2011 mm. as the sort of main piece of it. And um, it examinations the, it examines the bureaucracy of Japanese government. Mm. Um, it's more so, as you said, Benny. It's more so a political sat- uh, uh, satire mm. than um, a kaiju film. Mm. So, if you're looking for something a little bit different, this and like um, not just your typical kaiju monster movie, I highly, highly recommend this. I had a great time with it. Um, it's good to hear. But I, I do think I, I, I think my relationship with Evangelion really elevated yes, the experience yeah. for me. Uh, but man, that Godzilla, he was gross. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I loved every minute of it. Yeah. So that was me this week. I guess we got some news to jump into. So we should hop into it. Hop in. Uh, so first up, as you mentioned, Georgie, uh, we're getting a Magic the Gathering anime series from Netflix and the Russo Brothers. Magic the Gathering. Have Pity it's not a, a Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> I want to be on that, man. No, I never played Magic. I yeah. never played Nope. It. Did you play it? Nope. I would have thought, like, maybe. Maybe you would have Yeah, I was kind of hanging on you too. I'm like, Sorry. surely Connor's played Magic. <laughs> wait, wait, why? Why me? <laughs> I mean, I don't think we need to say, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> you do. Yeah, you do. Um, no, I, actually, to be honest, I've never played, um, like, I don't think I've ever played, like, a card turn-based game. Not even Solitaire? Never. <laughs> Not even Solitaire. No, like, none of, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon. Pokemon or, yeah. or Trading you know? card games. Yeah. Um but you know, this, I, I played the closest I did to that was playing the um, in-game game in um, Witcher Three, <laughs> and I got really I think obsessed. That's the nerdiest one somehow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> somehow it is. Yeah. I got really excited when I found out that they were gonna um, that they net, like they separated that game into its own game that you can get on like Xbox and stuff. And I kind of stopped myself before I jumped. I was mm. like, that's a bad. That's a that's a hole I don't want to fall down. <laughs> but this is a franchise that we all know about. Um, I'm not very familiar with it. Mm-hmm. However, there's it's very dense, has a very diehard fan base. There's a lot of stuff to tap into here. I think there could be something really cool in the mm-hmm. in the making with this. As with any kind of property that is adapted from something that's quite dense, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, right? Like, on the one hand, you have so much to ma- material to work with that you can kind of just create just about anything like you've got so much to pull from and i mean the best example that i can think of 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 where that's worked out well is if you take something like lord of the rings and i think that you know they had so much to pull from that they were able to create a um a really cool thing um the other side of that double-edged sword is that you know because it's so dense i feel like um some creators or when when they they change the medium into like film they don't do it in a careful and measured um, way and they either try and put everything in or they don't really think about how it's going to translate that well yeah and um you know that it, it it's almost like you have to it's almost like starting a story from scratch because you have so much to choose from 
So there is the complexity there. Yeah. Um, so that, that's the that's the beauty of something like Lord of the Rings is you've got the, the narrative there and it's basically like hacking things away and yeah. joining things up to make it digestible in a yeah. two hour film. For that one, they had the main narrative and it was really, the, I think the success of that one was they knew what to cut. Yes. You know, pretty Tom much Bombadil, every- you're gone, son. Uh, yeah. And it, and it pissed off a lot of fans, but when you think about it, you got to like, it's just there's no time for yeah. it. There's, it. It doesn't fit into the story beats that you need. So, um, I mean, that's going to be the big challenge with this one. I don't know what the narrative is like for for Magic the Gathering, but if it's, you know, I'm going to take a wild guess and say it's probably something along the lines of, um, you know. Uh, the Hero's Journey or, you know. No, I, I was going to say something more along. Uh, what's that? Um, oh, fuck. Not Dungeons and Dragons. Is the, the um, it's... I've gives really anything. It. Gives anything. Just, it, the ones with the trolls and the elves. Oh, Warcraft. The, Warcraft. Thank yeah. you. I, I'm hundred percent. I was yeah. thinking that exact same thing. You know, if anyone in the comments or the YouTube videos or, or podcast knows anything about Magic the Gathering, educate us, please. I'm sure they all do, and I'm yeah. sure they all will. <laughs> <laughs> do it nicely, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I'm assuming it's something like Warcraft, where there's multiple different stories, and and you know, they could choose from anything, and they're all kind of parallel. There's no one main you know, line of a story. So, um, I mean, they, they're going to have to basically craft their own story, I think, in order to make this work. Um, yeah. I've, I, um, yeah. I, this has been, I've seen this specifically cited as being an anime. I've just had a quick look. It's being done by Bardell Animation, which is a Canadian studio, um, which... <laughs> it's gonna, congratulations, Connor. Represent. It's going to be like Castlevania, eh? Yeah, I don't like when um, people try to kind of ape the anime style without the the talent pool that kind of exists in Japan, but it does seem like they're a pretty accomplished studio. It's done mm-hmm. some pretty good stuff. They worked on them. Um, to be Ninja fair, Turtles Castlevania was, was entertaining. Like I, I, no, I'm just I speaking purely from an animation point of view though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know anything about magic. I think Warcraft. <laughs> is a, this story has already gone way longer than than yeah. any any three people that don't know anything about Magic: The Gathering <laughs> should be talking about this. But I think I think the Warcraft comparison is is. Is apt because it might be. I don't um, know. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> Absolutely not. Be <laughs> no. I I think that's exactly it. That's it, and that's not what to do. And don't don't right. just appease the fan base. Uh, you got to make it digestible for everyone. And I feel like are you talking Warcraft, about the movie? Yeah. I think. Did, did you ever watch that? Yeah, it was terrible, man. <laughs> I didn't even bother. It, it was one of the few movies. The that, worst. That that seems it was like unbelievably something. painful, especially coming from a guy who loves Duncan Jones that much, director of Moon. That looks like something that would be right up my alley. Like I should enjoy that, but like that just, I couldn't even stomach. So I think one of the main problems. Yeah, you probably love it. (laughs) No, I've I've watched the last, like I think about 15 minutes of it and I will not be watching Mm -hmm. that. The the main problem with it was that it was appeasing to the fans too much. And I don't think it opened it up to the general audience to invite you into the world. It was like every Warcraft fan that I knew was like, that was amazing. And then everyone else who had no relation to the IP was like, that was a pile of feces. Mm. So you really don't want to go down that way. I think um, hopefully the Russos have enough experience with taking like like Captain America and making him, more uh, digestible for an audience. I know they 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 can't claim to have done that completely, but hopefully they have that Marvel mentality. Marvel in general, Feige. I think that they kept the the kind of the, the essence yeah. the essence of the the comic book characters, but they made it for an, a modern audience for a you know a different medium. Mm. I think it's really cool. Now I'm pumped for this. I hope it's cool. Well, let me know how it goes. <laughs> 
Uh, next up, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, wins the weekend with $49 million at the US box office, but has the lowest opening thus far in the MonsterVerse out Ooh. of all three films. Um, so, this- so this has been a very interesting film. This has been extremely divisive, as we have experienced firsthand. Yeah. No, we, we got some, uh, you know, normally we'll get, you know, a few comments. Um, this one kind of blew up a little bit with, you know, I didn't realize what kind of diehard fan base that Godzilla had. Like, I obviously knew that there was people that enjoyed it out there, but people take that shit seriously. Mm. Yeah, we, um, that was extremely interesting to me. And I, I've subsequently done a lot of, um, you know, reading up on my Godzilla mm. material. And, you know, this is one of the first franchises to do post-credit sequences. This is one of the first franchises to kind of be a cinematic universe. It's uh, it's a very interesting case study and Marvel have lifted a lot of the strategies from them here. But um, in terms of this actual box office itself, uh, this is not terrible, but it's not great for the MonsterVerse. It's, it's about you know half what, of Godzilla 2014. Do either of you half. know what the um, yeah. the budget is? Oh, I'd be two hundred milli. Yeah, it'd be around two hundred, a little less possibly. Um, but I mean, I, I find that completely bizarre because um, you know this one. I've 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 been thinking about this film for the last week mm. since seeing it. Like this movie, by far, has um, kind of stuck with me more than the two thousand fourteen film. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot to tell you guys, I didn't see. I saw it again. Twenty fourteen. Dra- no, the, this. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think you know. To be honest, <laughs> that was if- so bad, man. Like it was. It, like I, I probably, I enjoyed parts of it more, and I enjoyed parts of it a lot less. Why did you go watch it again? Um, somebody wanted to go see it, okay. so I was like, hey, I'm gonna go see it. Again, <laughs> see, that's really interesting because I've been, you. <laughs> I've been the kind of thing I want to go check it out again. It's better if you know a little bit more of the history of the franchise, and you can appreciate what people mm. who are into the franchise are appreciating. Yeah, but I feel like but the a movie human characters shouldn't... still suck. Like yeah. it's all the same old shit. So I feel like a movie shouldn't just have to appease to the fan base. Like unless And I don't think they did necessarily. Yeah. I think those added details though were appealing. It for... makes it better. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And that's probably what I feel like I, I got out of it. Like I still enjoy that as you know, as just a, a movie on its own, in its own kind of little bubble. I, I still think that was a completely serviceable movie. Yeah, based on a lot of the angry comments that I've seen around, um, not directed at us necessarily, but... Although there are those. From what I can <laughs> gather, it seems like fans are defending this film a lot. I don't know if those are people who have already seen the movie or those who are just really wanting to stay positive about it before they yeah. go in. But I hope it's ones who have already seen it because I really like the idea that as opposed to a lot of other ones we've seen lately, um, you know, the fans are actually really enjoying this movie. Um, but it's not translating into sales necessarily. Like, as we said, this isn't a disaster, but for it to keep going down by this margin with mm-hmm. each movie, like that's pretty disappointing. And it doesn't bode well for the, there's already one next year. Next March is a uh, Kong versus Godzilla. Or yeah. The other way around. Yeah. Do you guys remember what, um, Kong did at the box office? Off uh, the top of my head. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. but luckily. Why don't you think about that for a little bit longer? Mm. Kong was it considered Island. a success? Okay, I yeah, it honestly was. can't remember. It was. They've it was. both done well enough, I think, in overseas markets to warrant the franchise continuing. Yeah. But no, there's been no runaways. I'm really glad that that this con- franchise will continue because, as I said, I get a little bit out of you know, I got a little bit out of Kong. I got a lot, a little bit out of this. Um, you know, I'm perfectly happy for this franchise to continue. Um, Kong Skull Island, 566 million. So that's not bad. Half at all. a billion. That's great. Solid. That's really good. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. like early Marvel numbers. Should we move on? 
Yeah, that was the most awkward pause in about a year of this podcast. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought that was quite, quite relaxing. It's just a moment. Yeah. Uh, all right, next up, uh, Django Zorro. Django slash Zorro. Movie coming from Quentin Tarantino and Jared Carmichael. Um, so, yeah, this was absolute news to me before I stepped in the studio today. Um, we're getting a, a Django Zorro movie based on a comic book that Quentin Tarantino wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Is he directing this? Is, he's, like, he's is there any kind of point his involvement is unknown at this stage, but mm. he could potentially just be producing. He could be co-writing. Who knows? He could be starring. Well, I would hope so. <laughs> be, be that Australian, that Australian guy he, he was in the, oh, God. the original. Yeah. He makes a return. I would like that. That's very <laughs> That's much. That's my Quentin Tarantino Australian accent. It was yeah. one of the worst accents out. <laughs> it was oh, not good, man. No. Um, did you guys watch the old uh, Banderas Zorro films? I've seen, what are they called? The Mask of Zorro? Ma- the, the Mask, Mask of, of Zorro, Zorro and I, honestly. The Legend of Zorro. Yeah. <laughs> Zorro maybe. Rises. Um, I've, seen, I've seen the original one yeah. with uh, Anthony Hopkins. Um, I haven't seen the sequel. Yeah, I never saw any of those. Yeah. I, I think I saw the, the sequel one. Once, I think, but the the um, original Zorro was one that I used to go back to as a kid, like all the time. Like that was a staple for me. Mm. Like that was one of the ones where the VHS was like peeling apart oh, the yeah. edges. It's like, like yeah. on the scream. So, would you want to see Antonio Banderas return? Uh, I don't know about that. You know, there's some things that are just good as like little artifacts of your childhood that mm. you just gonna, like. I don't need that to be reprised. Like, if you're going to remake something, remake it completely differently. Leave like it in just the past. Really put Django of, in it. Put well, exactly put yeah. Django in it. But I don't need <laughs> An- Antonio Banderas to be playing Zorro in this. Mm. Um, I don't know anything about this comic book really. I had a quick look at some some Google images. Uh, it looked fine, but um, the idea of a Tarantino written like fan fiction sounds pretty insufferable to me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not sure the direction is really just this news in of itself is interesting to me, but I'm not. I, I've got to get a little bit more information to know exactly what this project's all about because mm. I, I don't know. It's all in the direction rather than the premise I, uh, where this will be successful. I'm mm. really fascinated this, by this just because it seems like Tarantino has been defined over the last, what, two decades by this, or three, I suppose, um, by this idea of you know, original kind of pop culture movies. And he seems to be entering this territory now where he's going to take other IPs and kind of put his spin on them, which feels very un-Tarantino-like to me. Um, the only thing with Tarantino that, like, yes, he's original, but he is he's he takes so many elements from other films and he and he puts them in a blender he adds that tarantino special sauce (laughs) and boom but that's my point like that you know there's little pieces of pop culture that go into his movies and they're very dense in that way but it's not a head-on he he has never taken an ip i mean the closest you could come to that is i mean not even really i was gonna say maybe some of the westerns but those are not an ip of themselves it's just a genre so I, like this, this I, I find it really interesting. I don't know how it'll go over, um, and I, I say that because you know he's also doing the Star Trek one. But um, you know, I, I would, I'd definitely be interested in checking this out. I think there's a good chance that it's you know, like you said, Ben, it'll probably be insufferable. But <laughs> the thing is, Zoro is one of those kind of pulpy pre-superhero heroes that yeah. keep getting thrown out into cinemas that no one seems to care about. Like your your Robin Hood, your um. Yeah, who, who, uh, King Arthur. Have, have one, yeah, King Arthur. <laughs> yeah, I know where you're going. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, they should do like more of a tech-based Zorro, you know. <laughs> that's future Zorro. Zed. We, we, I think we're no, getting the future I'm Robin just, Hood. I am pushing an absolute in a dystopian stop world. Stop to that. <laughs> if anyone does post-apocalyptic Zorro, I'm out. I'm in. <laughs> I'm out. No. Uh, yeah. Then it's not Zorro. It's just a guy with so a mask. Finish your thought. Sorry, no, that, that, that thought, thought finished. was finished. Yeah, <laughs> that was you as hard formed as this movie idea. <laughs> Um, next up, we got some uh, new Lion King character posters and a little another little teaser trailer. Um, now these have been making the rounds in the memosphere, just um, given how amusing it is that it's just pictures of animals. Yeah. <laughs> like they're character posters with zero character in them. <laughs> it's amazing. And then the best part is it kind of gets it kind of kind of climaxes right at the end there when you see the the horror from the from the depths that is Pumbaa, um, which is. One of the, the creepiest monsters I've ever seen in a Disney movie. <laughs> he, it's uh, Pumbaa versus uh, Godzilla. <laughs> oh, God. that. That is he's, he's just a I little mean, warthog, man. There's yeah, not and much warthogs are so distressing. Yeah. There's not at. much more to say about it other than the fact that they are just animals. And I mean, this is what we've been saying since day one, which is that you lose all the expression in animals um, when you take them from an animated medium to a live action medium. It destroys the point of animation, even though it still is animation. I mean, the, the technical stuff that going on here, going on here is so mind blowing. I can only hope that the animators working on it are really happy and fulfilled with what they're doing. But I know having studied animation for a while and being very interested in it myself, doing that would kill me. I would hate that. It, look, honestly, these character po- posters, you could literally go to Google images, slap on Seth Rogen is Pumbo at the top. And you've got the character posts. Like, there's just, nothing invented about dog, this yeah. at all. My yeah. favorite part of this entire thing is that they bothered to to do a different poster for Simba and Nala. It just looks like they've mirrored the image, and that's it. <laughs> like, are we meant to be able to tell that those are different characters? It's just you know, Lion Cub One, Lion Cub Two. That's that's literally all it is. Yeah, it totally is. Eh? It's bizarre. Um. So uh, yeah, I think these character posters are a bit of a, a nothing. How about watching them in motion? We also got the little trailer. I mean, it looks TV so spot. technically <clears throat> impressive. I mean, it really, you can see the amount of uh, man hours Pixels. put in this. <laughs> but I, I'm very fearful for this film. I think I'm going to come at this from a really, really negative space because of how much nostalgia I have with the original. It uh, worked well for Aladdin. <laughs> it did. Um, it really upsets me, honestly, when when the trailers throw this um, you know Circle of Life song song at you it, that song chills me to the bone in a very good way but i feel like i'm being preyed upon when yeah. i'm seeing this trailer for a new movie that has that in it, it it's like such a fight or flight yeah. <laughs> thing. I'm you're, like, no. you're using the goodwill that yeah. was garnered yeah. by the original to sell this movie which doesn't seem to have any heart to it oh god yeah it's a dirty dirty feeling <laughs> yeah it, re- it really is and i think that that gets to the crux of it is this movie doesn't feel as though it has any heart and look honestly i hope that somehow i'm wrong i hope that you know I don't know how, but they somehow like they they bring that same feeling that I got with the original, or not even the same feeling, but they, I feel like it's the same level of heart or or care that's put into this. And I just honestly, I don't feel it. I like I just I don't know how they're going to pull it off. I I agree with you, except I really don't. I've never wanted a movie to fail before, but this one I really do. <laughs> All the people out there who are like, oh my god, the feels, I'm crying already. This yeah. is going to be the best movie ever made. I'm like, I hope even them, the most diehard one of them, is like, oh, that was really not as good as the original. That's mm. what I want to hear. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, don't don't hold your breath, man. Yeah, do I know, not I know. hold your breath. People love Beauty and the Beast, so what do I know? 
Yeah. And it was interesting. John Favreau came out with a quote, John Favreau, director of this, came out uh, with a quote this week saying that, uh, you know, even though this is all animation, essentially, all CG, it's still live action. And Mm -hmm. I was kind of like, eh, is it? Can you elaborate on that? Come (laughs) on, man. Like, how? So this whole thing feels very... But it is, I mean, it's live action in the sense that it looks like it's just, they just got animals and, and made them do things. But it's literally entirely animation. There's yeah. not a real thing on screen. Yeah. There's nothing live about it, yeah. But I mean, for all intents and purposes, it might as well be live action. That's my point. I would love it if they just actually filmed animals and did that thing for the <laughs> 90s where they make the lips move. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, <laughs> that'd be much that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's <laughs> not far off that, actually. Hmm. Yeah, we've got some more Disney news. Yes, uh, Mark Webb, everyone's favorite, is to direct a live-action Snow White film for Disney. Mr. Webb, director of The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. Yes, and uh, 500 Days of Summer. Let's give him his oh, cue. Brilliant film. Very good movie. Um, Guys, it's crazy. Those those are the days, or uh, still these days, I guess, but like you get one hit under the belt and boom, here's your superhero film. Yeah, uh, he was a music video director, I think. Came up for that a way, long so. time. So, yeah, I can see how he got tapped for that stuff. Um, we've had a lot of Snow Whites in the not-too-distant past. We had the Snow, um, White and the Huntsman. Snow White and the Huntsman and Mirror Mirror. Oh, yeah. Um, as well. And Wasn't there the Huntsman as the well? The Huntsman, just the Chris Hemsworth starring sequel. Yeah. So weird. Who was asking for yeah, that? Yeah. And I actually <laughs> I like sure. Snow White and the Huntsman more than most people. Yeah. Which is, you know, easy. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I can't believe they made a sequel that. I heard it was awful. Yeah, me too. Mm. Me too. Um I'm glad Mark Webb's getting a gig. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 are two of the worst movies ever made. You can't blame it on him, though. I, I, can't, I mean, there's such hyperbole. Some can't. of it on him. No, I, in terms of comic book movies, let's say, I would say they, they are right at the bottom. We're not, um, we're not rehashing this again. No, I'm just saying, I'm saying my opinion with, yeah. like, fan stick and uh, I think the, like, early 2000s stuff is better than that shit. <laughs> Um, and yes, it's not all his fault. There was so much studio shit going on there and he has made a very good movie otherwise, but, um, he's got to take some of the brunt of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, but you know, as you said, he's a music director. He's been brought in by, well, he was brought in by Sony to, uh, as it's more of a technical guy. And then the producers will say, Hey, cut this scene. That's a better take. You know, mm-hmm. he's just like a puppet in a way. Yeah. yeah. So I, I feel, I feel for him, but you know, great that he's getting this gig at Disney. Awesome. But, uh, and, and, you know, it'll propel his career on further, I'm sure. But, you know, Snow White for Disney. Yeah. Surprised they're tackling yeah. Snow White so soon, honestly. I don't. That seems like a really tough nut to crack. That's such an old movie, the original for them. That's their first one. Um, and it just has a lot of weird areas for them to navigate. Nowadays, well, it's Disney, and they're hypersensitive of that kind of shit. So. Exactly. So it's an it's an odd pick for them, especially yeah. like even just the simple fact that she's Snow White, the fairest of them all. Her her cited main point of beauty is the fact that her skin's lighter than everyone yeah. else. Like that's they're gonna have to tiptoe <laughs> around that shit. They think they had a hard job with Aladdin. They're gonna fucking shit themselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's like we gave you the brown people one. Now we're doing yeah. white people. Come on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but they've got a few case studies now to say. Hey, they did, you know, Huntsman did this, Mirror Mirror did that. What did they do right? Mm. What did they do wrong? And let's take those ingredients with the original. At least there's a little bit of a but game plan. You know what I think is going to happen? They're just going to go to the anim- the animation and they're going to do what they've done with all these live actions, which is just kind of put that onto a different medium. Like that's that's really not entirely not true. I think a comparable film is Cinderella, another very early one that they adapted that they did a lot more with than was in the original. 
And I love both versions of it. I think they're both really good. And what I will say for this one is they're bringing on uh, Benj Pasek and Justin Paul to write a bunch of new songs for the film. It's the duo who did The Greatest Showman and La La Land. So they are amazing. Um, so I will say if they're taking the direction to turn this into a full-fledged musical with um, presumably a lot more music than in the, in the original, which only has a couple songs, um, this could be cool. And Mark Webb as a, as a music director could be someone good for that. Yeah. And I know I've turned you off it immediately because you're not a musical guy. Well, you said La La yeah. Land there and I went <laughs> googly-eyed. <laughs> Great, greatest Showman I didn't see. I find the topic kind of reprehensible, but the music was really cool. And everyone who yeah, I know has seen it loved it. And La La Land I adore. So I'm, I'm kind of into that. Mm. Well, if they can somehow top Shrek doing Snow White, then all, the best. all, all I can think of is when she's doing that uh, That's your the singing, with, singing with the birds. Mm. Mm. Shriek. And finally, uh, DC and Ava DuVernay's The Eternals, that's a thing still happening, is to be co-written by Tom King. Um, I've mentioned him a few times recently. He's a a pretty famous comic book writer, um, mostly known for his work on uh, Miracle Man and The Vision, two very good examples, and lately more for his run on Batman, very controversial one. And uh, uh, just in terms of the quality, people oh. don't know so much. Those other two ones are widely praised, but and mostly recently, as of just the other day, um, uh, Heroes in Crisis, which is an arc they've been doing in DC about um, superhero PTSD. Oh, cool! Which has been another very controversial one, um, as you can imagine. Um, and there's that sounds interesting. It is interesting. Um, I it's, it sounds horrible. I haven't read these. I've I've have read some of the synopses. Um, it sounds like there's a lot of mass murder and suicide and just really poor choices in terms of where they take the story. Wow. Um, and people are not happy with what they've done with some of the characters. But um, that it's being still, said- as a character study, that would be fascinating. It's, a, it's an interesting premise. Premise. Yeah. I'm Maybe just saying, execution. it sounds that, like problem. they completely execution. fucked yeah. it up. Yeah. Right. That, I, I think that so many people get lured in by a concept or a premise and they think, well, job's done here. You know, I've done the cool premise mm. thing. Um, Jango versus Zorro. Yeah, exactly. And there's so much more that goes into making a good story or a good film or a good comic book or whatever it is than just a catchy premise. That being said, he's capable of great things. And uh, one example of that is Miracle Man, as I just said, which is set in uh, Jack Kirby's Fourth World, which um, this is sort of dealing or similar to. So um, I think he's a good pick for this. And interesting to see a really prolific comic book writer coming into... Uh, these movies. Yeah, and I think that um, The Eternals, from what little I do know about it, sounds like a very, very interesting property. Uh, we've always sort of, they've always said the general sentiment is Marvel's more about superhero, DC's more about gods. Mm. So if they can lean into that more, I would, I, I'm very, very, very excited for this. I have not seen a single film by Ava DuVernay. So uh, she had a lot of, uh, she had a lot of hype around her. Pre, um, what was the one that was released released last year? The um, uh, or Detroit? Uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> um, uh, what was it? The sorry, I yeah, uh, <sighs> you're on your own, buddy. I wrote this down wrong. Sorry, um, we're not talking about uh, the Eternals. We're talking about the New Gods. Yeah, DC's, Eternals, DC's Eternals, New Gods, Eternals, Marvels. They're that, so similar. It's so confusing. That, that makes a lot more sense. A wrinkle I thought in I was time. Just, a wrinkle in wrinkle time. Wrinkle in time. It was one of those things where, you know, I thought it was wrong, but I wasn't going to like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wasn't going to question what was written on the sheet. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I, They're that's. so similar. I thought it was wrong and I didn't want to jump into my own story. <laughs> I'm like, mm. Yeah, so I, 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 like, I don't have enough context with everything, but 
on paper, mm. I'm kind of excited for this. Yeah, I, I find um, Jack Kirby's Fourth World really fascinating. It's just full of so many interesting ideas that are so unique to him. Yeah. Um, I'm so interested to see what they could possibly do with this uh, in their kind of movie universe. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm. Yep. What about you, Connor? You puns for the new gods, the Eternals. No, Who knows what it's it. called? It, 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 it makes zero difference to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Show well, me a trailer, I'll get excited. But at the moment, I just couldn't give two fucks. What time is it? It's trailer time. Trailer time. Exciting times. Um, so it. first we've got uh, Pixar's new film, um, Onward. That's the one with Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. And they make sure to let you know it. Don't they ever? Mm. Um, the first look, thing. Oh yeah, you go. Yeah, no, I was going to say I'm. You know, I'm always excited for a new Pixar project. Um, I, I have this weird kind of. I will always be. You know, Pixar will almost always be in my good books in terms of like upcoming projects because I think, you know, I think about what they've managed to achieve, and I just kind of I I, I think maybe they'll do that again. You got John Lasseter, bow down. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, and yes, they've had some some less than stellar um, movies come out, but uh, I'm I just I don't know. I'm always eternally hopeful for Pixar. Yeah, I agree. The, but the yeah. the interesting thing that first uh, sort of popped out to me also fuck John Lasseter. Um, <laughs> the first thing that popped out to me in this was this didn't look like Pixar's typical animation. This looked more like DreamWorks or Sony. Mm. Like, this looked like Hotel Transylvania mm-hmm. or something. Did, did you get that at all? A little bit, yeah. Um, yeah. But only in the sense that maybe it was a little generic. I, like Hotel Transylvania, I think is very striking looking. Um, it's a very this, different look, I'd say. The, the, um, onward? Hotel Trans, uh, Transylvania has a very different look than Onward. Or up, yeah, it's Onward. Maybe it's just the more fantasy or vampire sort of thing. I don't know. But I just did. I thought this didn't look like Pixar mm. it, definitively. It, it doesn't. I, I, I'll agree with you on that. I got that sense as well. This looks. It's not a bad thing. It was just, I was just like, oh, okay. This looks like. Like if you put this on and Tommy was Sony, I'd, I'd believe you. Yeah. Mm. Easy. He doesn't Easy. quite have that that hook that a lot of Pixar movies have. Yeah, it was kind of like, hey, here's a world and here's a bunch of characters in that world and they do crazy things. <laughs> and it's kind of like your world, but it kind of isn't. And I was like, uh, this this is, oh. I, like the, obviously this is only the beginning of the film and they're going to go on an adventure and we're going to see some stuff, but um, then nothing in here really hooked me in. And I'm, I think one of the things that, and I remember, I remember um, talking to someone about this years ago is about the, the writing process for, for Pixar back in the day. And that was that they, they developed the character first. Like they, they thought about like an interesting character that had a, you know, a kind of a challenge that they had to overcome. Um, and then they built the world around that. This kind of feels like it's been done the opposite way where they came through with a, an interesting concept and then, you know, kind of the, the character just needs to exist in that interesting concept. And um, I got that out of this trailer where I, I felt like the character that we're meant to be following is just, there's nothing to that character. The whole gimmick is, hey, look at this, you know, fairyland in modern times type thing. That's what you should be hooked in by by this trailer. And that's never really what, Pixar has been about to me. They always have cool worlds and they always have like catchy things going around that, that um, character, but the, the centerpiece is the actual character. Also bright beat them to the punch on this one. Uh, yeah, I suppose they did. Hmm. I love the idea that they're, they're like, okay, father loses son. 
underwater world. He's a goldfish. He's a clownfish. <laughs> Develop the character. <laughs> um, he lives in coral. Yeah. Um, the only thing I didn't like about this trailer, and unfortunately it's kind of a big thing, was uh, Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. They didn't really work for me at all. Um, especially Pratt. I'm like, if you're just going to make the character Jack Black, cast Jack Black, you know? Yeah. Um, I, what I like about God, Pixar... It does feel like Jack Black, doesn't it? Yeah. What I really love about Pixar is their, um, when they cast less famous people, or just animation in general, I guess. I really appreciate it when they don't cast like big famous actors to distract you. Um, it's never been a selling point for animation for me, um, and it's, it's definitely not mm. doing much for me in this one. There is a, a really good video essay... Um, from I think your name Lindsay Ellis is that her name? Where where she goes through how that became a really big thing the the inception of of big name actors in animation studios and that's how you started to sell. Oh yeah yeah I think I've seen that one. Yeah mm. I, well I I had it running here for about five minutes on our last um, last time I was here. Okay. Um and Maybe it was really fascinating to see how you know the studios went from using people that were, you know, career voice actors or that was kind of their bread and butter to, you know, seeing dollar signs and figuring, you know, if we just add big names to these projects, then people will come and see them. Um, Quite frankly, I couldn't give two flying fucks, um, you know, who is voicing the characters. I just want the characters to be good. There's Mm -hmm. very, it's very rare that who's voicing the character makes an actual difference. I mean, granted, Robin Williams doing the genie is a notable exception to that. Um, but I can't really think of another time where I've been like, yeah, the actor really made a difference here. Did you guys see Coco? Yep. No, I missed that one. Loved Coco. Loved Coco, yeah. Was that the last Pixar that came out? Last original, like non-sequel Pixar. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I thought uh, Coco was great. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was like really good. And then like the last I don't know, 20 minutes, I'm like, this is great. Yeah. Like, yeah. Visually striking, like visually really, really, really beautiful. Music was on point. Um yeah, I mean, if they can... See, this is my point. Pixar still has it. They can still do it. They have um, it every other time. Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> um, and when they don't try and do sequels, mm. again, some notable exceptions, but, um, you know, just stick with the one and dones. Yep, I agree. So I March, don't need up to. March 2020, that's coming. That so it is. we a fair few trailers <clears throat> in between. Mm. Yes. So um, we talked about this in the news before, but we got the Lion King um, TV spot. I don't think there's much more that we have to add to this. It was just, it's just. I got nothing. This honestly, tank is empty. Mm-hmm. This this movie doesn't seem to have any heart to it. Next. Yeah. Um, Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. I remember talking about this, um, got almost like a year and a half ago, maybe even two years ago, like kind of when we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that it had been announced that Netflix might be doing something around the Dark Crystal. We didn't know who would be involved. Um, if it would be puppets. Yeah, like there was just absolutely nothing. Mm. Um, so we have, you know, obviously some answers to our questions. Um, they seem to be doing a, a puppet CGI hybrid um, thing. I mean, my first question to you guys is, do you think that they pulled that off having like the kind of hybrid style? Yeah, I think this looks amazing. It looks awesome, yeah. This just looks incredible. And I think when we saw this, the original, was it last year at the cinema? Yeah. 
we were both extremely simultaneously captivated and incredibly bored. Oh, yes. <laughs> I I was struggling so hard to stay awake. I cannot tell you the plot of this movie It's at not all. a narratively focused film. Mm. It's all in the production design. It's all in the puppeteering. It's in the details. Mm. So it, what what's fantastic about this is I think they've blown the original out of the park. Like already, I think... <laughs> I think already that is looking amazing. It's just, can they back it up with an interesting enough story to keep me there after episode one? That's what I'm interested in. And I'm fe- it, it feels to me like they are because there's that one line in it, and I don't know why it's so evocative to me, but one of the Gelflings says, what have the Skeksis done? Or another character maybe. Um, and I'm like, ooh, that sounds dark. Like, yeah. like they're uncovering some scary plot that's happening. Uh, I, I, I think this looks like it could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. I have never seen Dark Crystal. Or I think I think I have, but I was fairly young. Like, it's just kind of buried in as one of those movies. It didn't mm. have a, a huge impact on me. Um, but I did get, um, I don't know, when watching this, I got feelings of there's a, a a game called Ori and the... Blind Forest. Blind Forest, that's it. Um, and I got vibes of that. I, I think that that is one of the most haunting and beautiful games out there. Mm. Um, and I got, like, serious vibes of that. Um, kind of like this dark, um, jungly type um, aesthetic. Uh, so that alone makes me interested to see this. I'm also just really interested to see um, kind of from an execution side, how they're going to pull off the puppets. Yeah. Um, I think that in, in and of itself would be interesting to check out. Yeah, totally. It's I got serious nostalgia feels watching the characters talk. I was like, oh, that is like 80s, 90s, like being shoved down my throat. Yeah, they, they don't look nearly as freaky as the original, though. Mm. They're unsettling in that original, man. Yeah, the girlfriend. Like looking at my, into my soul. Like, <laughs> stay away. Stay away. Yeah. Moving on. Let's move on. Let's do it. Um, we've got uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Um, you know, I, I'm as excited now for this as I was when that first kind of teaser came out, um, showcasing some of the the uh, scary creatures. I am a little bit, a little bit disappointed because I feel like some of these, you know, creature reveals I wanted to experience in the film. I didn't want to experience it in the trailer. And I mean, this is always the kind of, you know, knife's edge of, of, uh, you know, marketing a film, which is how much do you show to get people engaged and go to watch it? And how much do you actually save for the, the experience and I just feel like they kind of tipped a little bit too much into the showing. Yeah. I I can see what you mean there, but um, this, this just looks exactly what I want to see in the cinema. Like this Mm. is, Oh yeah. This is it. I'm, I'm there, man. Like I am so impressed. I think the creatures look amazing. Mm. I I like them more. It's not an anthology, uh, but I like the sort of anthology aspects to it with these Mm. different characters. I'm in. I'm but I guess totally that's in. That's my point was what you said. This is exactly what I want to see in the cinema. I want to see it in the cinema. Yep. I don't want to see it in an ad. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm so pumped for this. I'm so um worried I'm gonna be disappointed by it because like I'm so <laughs> excited for this movie. It's one of my most anticipated this year. Um each of these trailers I've just loved so much. And this director, I I really liked his other works. Um, Troll Hunter and the Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yeah. It's it, got all, all the t- hallmarks of a movie that's gonna disappoint me. And that's that's what really 
you know, it scares me because I, I really want to see this film. I really want it to be good. Mm. Um, it's got like, you know, it's got horror and kind of grotesque uh, creatures in it. I'm just like, I'm so down for that. And you see the name Guillermo del Toro pop up and you're like, oh yeah, I associate that with disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I really hope this delivers because the, the design they have nailed yeah. so unbelievably I, I hard. Th- I don't know how they got the scarecrow looking so much like he does in the illustrations. I don't know how they did that. I think they will, there will be a lot of satisfying elements in here. Mm. It's just whether it can tie the bow and make it a yeah. neat little package. That'll yeah. be the uh, test. Totally agree. Um, next, we've got Rambo Last Blood. Um, cute little nod to the original Rambo, First Blood. Actually, I, I believe mm. it was just oh. called First Blood, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Before it was called Rambo. I thought it was called Third Blood. My bad. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> they drew Third Blood. <laughs> 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 um, I mean, who was asking for another Rambo movie? This looks just horrible, man. This is not for me, though. So, like, have you guys seen any Rambo movies? I've seen, I've, I've seen, seen the all. first one, and I've seen, I think that one. You've seen them all, yeah. The wow. one with all the CG blood from 20, 2007? When was that? When he's just kniving motherfuckers in the jungle. Oh, yeah, that's uh, well, they're all in the jungle. <laughs> um, when he goes back to the jungle, it's, it's not the jungle for the eighth <laughs> time. Uh, you're, you, I think it was two thousand fourteen, maybe, maybe fifteen. Not sure. I'm going to just do a little... Actually, be, it'd be... I think maybe it was even longer ago than that. Exactly the one who was in that. Burma. Yeah. Um, that one was so over the top. Yeah. He just... Like, the body count and that was ridiculous, so, man. 2008 Rambo. Mm. So, I guess we got oh, First Blood, yeah. 1982, Rambo First Blood Part 2, 85, Rambo 3, Rambo, Rambo Last Blood. One of the stranger naming conventions yeah. in a series. Rambo First Blood Part 2. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean... I remember watching the first one, and I I really love First Blood. I think that's a, a really spectacular film. Brilliant, yeah. It you know it that in of it's, itself, yeah, as as, as its own awesome. entity, Sick. it's subtle where it needs to be subtle. It's got cool action where it, you know it's kind of this survival, you know, um, early eighties action. Yeah, it's awesome. a beautiful little veteran story as well, and yeah. it should never have been a franchise. Oh yeah, exactly. And and this is like the typical tale of taking something that is genuine and just pumping it for money. Because the second one was ridiculous. The third one was ridiculous. The fourth one was ridiculous. And I mean, fair. Like you know, each of those movies, you kind of go in if you if you know what you're going in for, they're fine. You know, two to four is just senseless violence, you know, him going around with a machine gun and all that kind of stuff. Cool. Whatever. Um, but they, they, they don't hold a candle in, in terms of my enjoyment to the first one. And this one looks like it's trying to kind of capture mm. a little bit more of the aesthetic of the first one, you know, a little bit more kind of setting traps and, you know, mm. a lot of traps directly from the first one. Mm, yeah. And you using the things around you, um, but it, it also just feels like it's it's still part of the franchise. Like it's it's just not doesn't have the same heart that the the first one had. Yeah, I've never seen anybody on the first. It's a it's a franchise I know very little about. But um, this you just, would hate hate the rest of the franchise. Knowing you, like it's just it's just war films. You don't know me. Then he's like, goes <laughs> I know you and enough. I love yeah. that shit, man. My favorite franchise. Rambo two, part one, part three. That's the best. I have very rarely laughed as hard when I I remember like being a kid and watching. I think it was two where he gets does he get shot or does he get done with an arrow or something? And his solution to this was like, 
he he put um, gunpowder into the wound, which is like you can cauterize it by doing that. But there was like sparks that came out the other side he, of the wound, and fuck that got me. I just remember laughing my ass off happens, when that happened. Sounds yeah, fun. Yeah. I might have to it's check exactly it what happens. Um, but this um, just looks like uh, Home Alone with Stallone. Uh, this yeah. could be fun. <laughs> I think this could be all right. Um, love the song choice in the trailer, of course. <laughs> what was that? Oh, yeah, uh, Old Town Road. Yeah. yeah. Lil Nas X. Man, they saw that hit. They were like, recut that for the trailer. <laughs> Get that shit going. Um, so I heard pointed out something that was funny to me, which is without the mullet, he's just Rocky. This looks like a Rocky movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, didn't, it didn't feel like Rambo mm. in terms – I don't know. It, I, I don't know. They, the, the placement as well looked – Odd to me, I don't know. I mean, the that I'm pretty sure that farm showed up at the end of the last one. I mean, for mm-hmm. continuity's sake. So. <laughs> All right, nice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, been so, it's probably been 15 years since I've seen any of these. Mm. So you, including you the one, one from 2008, which was 11 years <laughs> which ago. Which was 11 years ago. Um, you know, fuck time travel, man. Was, it'll get you. I was literally about to say, I was like, so you haven't um, seen the last one? I'm confused. <laughs> What's going on? Um, yeah, look, I. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that. It's it's going to be interesting either way. I'm not watching that film. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely Same. watch it. But you know, I've been there. I've been on the the train this far. Um, next, we've got the kitchen. Um, this seems like a really kind of second tier version of what was the one last year? Widows. widows. Or to be more generous, kind of like a pulpy widows. Um, sure. Like it's it's based on a DC Vertigo comic book. Um, and I think that shows really clearly. I, I was watching this today, this trailer earlier, and I, at the beginning, I was very much like, "Oh yeah, um, budget widows, whatever." And then, then, but then it kind of kicks into gear into a different direction, and I'm like, "Oh, this actually looks kind of fun." Um, I suppose if American Gangster met Widows and then like had half its budget slashed. <laughs> well, I I like. There's a lot of really cool. Um, film adaptations of non-superhero comics out there. Mm. I would like to see more of these, you know. I, I like that they're doing another Vertigo comic. Vertigo is such an interesting line of kind of um, just really cool, like, crime comics and, yeah, like, really interesting dark violent stuff. Uh, I think this looks, looks good. Yeah, the uh, the back half of the trailer was where it kicked in. Mm. Yep. Uh, and I had the exact same thought. I was thinking, this looks like budget Widows. Mm. Uh, go watch Widows. That's a great film. Yes. Um, but, you know, the, the comedic talent of Miss Melissa McCarthy is just – on point in everything she does. I'm missing a little bit of that in this. She did have a few little jokes, but I lo- I just think she's so hilarious. Mm. It's cool that she's she's you know, she's obviously over the years has branched out into multiple different genres and roles. Um but that's where I think she's at her best. Uh so I nothing about this was really pushing this over to the point where I was like I cannot wait for this or I'm really intrigued. It was like potentially go into the cinema and this could be a good time. Potentially it's going to be incredibly average. Mm. Uh, flip a coin. Mm. Yeah. No, flip that fucking coin right now. <laughs> okay. Shit. Yeah, shit. Um, well, I got my debit card. Second last we have for all mankind, the Apple TV plus produced uh, film about alternate history. Well, yeah. Series, the Soviets. Yeah. Um, series. It's moon. Apple's first series. Yeah. Um, which is what's so significant about it. Uh, Apple TV Plus. plus yeah. Great name. It's, it's <laughs> fucking really nailed rolls the name. off the tongue. <laughs> they must have been so upset when they saw that Disney Plus announcement. Yeah. Uh, 
what when I was watching this trailer, I was sort of yawning. Mm-hmm. I was going, yeah. "This is fucking." Oh, here we go. Another a- Apple's going down this real conservative Clint Eastwood mm. kind of generico yeah. filmo kind About of thing. Astronauts, and then we see the Soviet flag on the moon, and I was like, "Okay, we got something. We got a little kernel of something interesting here." Man in the High Castle, alternate history type oh, deal. Oh God, yeah. but. Can they make it interesting beyond that? Because I just looked up the Wikipedia and it was sort of like the space race continues. Uh, That's the sort of premise of this. And I don't know, man. I think like, I I feel like, is there something interesting beyond that, beyond the first people getting to the moon? Like the space race is over. Mm. You know, what what more compelling things can we tackle in here? I think that there's actually something really interesting because it does feel as though once- once you know someone was on the moon, that was kind of it. Feels like that was the achievement, and then that was people it, yeah. moved on. Whereas I think I, I like this idea that you know, what if that wasn't where it ended? America's like fuck that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the season finale, the series finale, is just Neil Armstrong kicking over that flag and putting up his own <laughs> history is righted. Yeah. Um, but I, I, well, they're going to go to Mars in the sixties or something. Like, well, but, but can can you imagine if they hadn't? hit that triumph there and they were always playing catch up and you know that was pushed you know a little bit farther what if we uh, nationally um or you know the states nationally had a drive to continue on that exploration at a at an accelerated rate um what what would that change in our history and i think that's a cool area to explore you know, I, I don't know how many seasons that they'll be able to, to you know, squeeze out of that concept. And they're going to have to start introducing a lot more kind of interesting aspects or like different angles to this to, to keep it going, I think. But as a starting premise, I think that that's completely doable. I can agree with you in terms of it could get interesting if you if you bring the focus away from the space race. Like how would that change the zeitgeist or the society mm. or the American mm. culture in the back half of the 20th century? Yeah, 100%. And if it goes down that route, great. But the, it seemed to be all geared around the space race. Yeah. And that's where I sort of go, uh, let's see if they can expand it out a bit more. Because I like that idea. I think that's fantastic. Looks well produced. They're Definitely. They're clearly throwing money at it. Yeah. Looks clean. You guys going to be signing up for uh, Apple TV Plus Deluxe? No way. Screen package? No way. Yeah. Uh, probably <laughs> not. I Correct mean, answer. premium pricing, thirty two ninety nine in a month. Yeah. They're killing iTunes as well. So where where are, where should out of luck? That yeah. no, they haven't they haven't said that they're actually yeah, killing. They're it. killing it. Yeah. The, the, the has nothing's been announced yet. Yeah, but they, they said they, that they're taking it. The, the, like the as internet we know announced it, it man. Uh, so no, no, no. <laughs> Reddit this, announced I, I really it. hate um, some technology reporting. I mean, it's not even technology reporting that's doing it. It's people that are then seeing that headline and reporting on from it. They have said that it's not going to be the same going forward. And every dickhead at a you know that can write an article went out and said they're killing iTunes. Like just this blanket statement, and you're like. It's no, sorry, I'm not. Who actually <laughs> buys an album on iTunes these days? But I, I, I use the the iTunes application for, um, you know, to for my um, because I I do Apple Music. Yes, yeah, so that's Apple Music. That's not iTunes. It, it's gone through iTunes. Yeah, that's how I access my Apple Music. Oh, on iTunes. your computer and on my iPhone. On your iPhone, you go through. I go in the bottom corner, and it's Apple Music. Oh, maybe it is shit. <laughs> it's it, it, on the on the on the desktop. Yeah, fair enough. It's yeah. uh, it's all access through there. At any rate, it's not. Yeah, whatever. We're not getting into that. 
Um, iTunes is dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, finally, we have uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Dawn of the car. Um, Matt Damon. <laughs> Been waiting um, Christian that. Bale. Yeah, that was. <laughs> it was <laughs> like, worth the wait. <laughs> lackluster. Um, well, you didn't say it right. You didn't say V Ferrari. So yeah. say V Ferrari. <laughs> Would that would that made the difference? Yes, it would have That's changed okay. everything. Our um, audience would have laughed so much. <laughs> hey guys, hope you're doing good. You're going um, viral. Do either of you have even the slightest bit of interest to in this? Yeah, I think this I'm, looks I'm fucking fascinated awesome. Fascinated by this. I, I, I love. Really cool. I love. Um, I love seeing the, these sort of development of technologies and these lynch these moments where it's sort of everything changes. So. Ford, everything, everything Ford changed has, that day. Yeah. No, I think Ford has one of the most interesting histories. Like I, I'm absolutely fascinated by that. Um, and the the rivalries between car companies and those races, like those races. Hey guys, were, been good. I'll see you next time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> step out. But those races were like about you know you, they they were about companies you know going at it. Everyone's kind of like watching the cars. It had nothing to do with that. That it was just like these kind of political and mm. and power dynamics. Um, and I think that a, a movie about that is is spot on. Plus, it's got one of my favorite car makers of all time, Shelby. So I'm I'm down. Yeah, I mean, cars get you from point A to point B. That's where <laughs> I sort of stand. But <laughs> nonetheless, the technology, the technological side of things is very interesting. And uh, I used to be a massive F1 fan when I was a kid. So I'm always down to. Yeah, I, I'm always down to sort of. Ex- I know this is in F1, the, and if there's if there's anything about F1 that I know, it's about cars getting you from point A to point B. Oh, 100 yeah. percent, just around the corner. It's just uh, <laughs> there's a finish line <laughs> very quickly. Um, but yeah. no, that competing companies kind of thing, and I, I'm just like, if you compare this, where they sort of to for all mankind. One science fiction, one isn't. But if you compare them as sort of like uh, technological development um, examinations, uh, I'm liking the fact that we've got some really heavy hitting actors in Ford versus Ferrari. We've got Matt Damon, we've got Christian Bale. I think that's fantastic. I want to see Christian Bale in more shit. He's just fantastic. Good for <laughs> you. Um, I want to see more. I want to see more. And this Do you think he's great. fantastic? He is just, his hairline is fantastic. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. This this just really fascinates me, Ben. Uh, I like to rush. <laughs> I, I, I'm not rushing out to see this though. I, oh, that wasn't intended. Um, <laughs> so ashamed. <laughs> Fair um, your family. <laughs> I, I never actually ended up watching Rush. Yeah, Ooh, is that either. something that you'd recommend? Because I, I always hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I always thought it looked good. I just uh, I somehow missed it. Mm. All right, guys, let's cap this week off with question of the week. This was one from last week, but uh, we got a few fan questions on Instagram, uh, so we skipped it. But, guys, if you ever have a question for us, hit us in the comments on YouTube, hit us on Facebook, Instagram, hit us. Just hit us over the head if you see us walking in the street. Yes. We will appreciate that. Yeah. I'm the only one people can generally reach. And you can get like you the You might not be able print. to tell if you're on, on YouTube and like watch it. I'm very short and you two are very tall and it's... <laughs> you can get the handprint on Connor's head. It'll be an achievement unlocked. Question of the week from our boy Ben Smith. Ooh, baby. What's the most significant film you've never seen? I might kick this one off. Uh, oh, I just hit that microphone in my face. Um, this is an easy one for me, Gladiator. Yeah. I've never seen Gladiator um every time i tell people mm. like and my colleagues even at work who know about the podcast and stuff they 
like this this uh, one of my colleagues was like you have not seen gladiator <laughs> you have a movie podcast what the fuck is wrong with you man like that in his mind is like one of the movies you know the staple kind of movie um in inverted commas so yeah. That one for me, I've got to watch it sometime soon. I don't know what one it is about years. Gladiator that makes it such a must-see. Like, I, I totally agree. It is a must-see. But, like, there's nothing- everyone's seen it as well. There's nothing that I can, like, pinpoint that makes me go, like, oh, this is why you have to see it. Ridley Scott. Well, even that. Like, I mean- Yeah, I, I, I got around to it very late, and I didn't care for it at all, really. Oh, really? Mm. So is so it was like one of those ones that at the time like what was your assessment of it why why didn't you think you gravitated towards it or I have no idea I feel like maybe if I'd seen it in cinemas it might have been a bit different yeah. but I it was one of the first Blu-rays I got when kind of Blu-ray was getting big and uh, I, I guess a big part of it is like probably any answer we're going to give here is um, a movie that's talked about so much and so popular and such such a huge part of society. Uh, you're gonna hear so much about. You're gonna have so many expectations. You're gonna watch it and be like, "Oh, it's just a movie." Yeah, like, damn. <laughs> like, I'd rather watch Shin Godzilla than I think- you know Gladiator because yeah. you know that's more. Int- it's off the beaten track. Sometimes if it's on the on the beaten track, I go, Ugh, mm. you know. But and that's that's kind of the thing. That's what I was saying. Like I can't really pinpoint something about Gladiator that really makes it stand out. Like it's again, I definitely think it's a must see, but I don't know that I could really tell you why. Mm. Makes Shall, sense. Shall I go? Who's kicking on next? Um, I have never seen The Sixth Sense. Whoa. Um, Don't tell him what happens at the end. I, for a surprisingly long time- Bruce Willis is the kid. Managed to avoid the spoiler. I guess because it's- And the, like longer than you'd think. It's the atypical kind of like spoiler joke spoiler, but yeah. no one ever says where it's from when they say it, maybe. Well, they never say where it's from or they never actually say the spoiler. They just kind of allude to it because they assume everyone knows. Mm. Oh, and I say so it all the time. <laughs> I, I don't know how I did this, but I was like well into my late teens before I found out, mm. you know, the like it was longer than I had any right- to, to maintain that kind of what ignorance. happened that afternoon? Did you go home and like lie in bed and you're like crying <laughs> into your pillow? I've like, been what saving the fuck, it, man. He's well, a, no, he's because dead. he's fucking dead. Oh, it just, it just, it, it crushed the last, the last incentive for me to actually see the film. Yeah. Like, yeah. there was at yeah. least, I could at least fool myself into thinking that I might get around to it before I knew the, the spoiler. And then when yeah. I found out, I was like, well, that's that. Yeah. On yeah, that's, that's an even better example because that's another one I came to later not as late as you obviously um and i was like once you know the twist it's it's a different movie it takes away a lot of the punch yeah, yeah. um and there's like, something, how does that work there's something, did, <laughs> there's something different about like watching a movie and then having something revealed and then re-watching it mm. and then looking to see if you can spot how and where i mean like one of my favorite examples of that is shutter island i will re-watch that any day of the week because you know you just you have this internal battle with yourself about you know yeah, oh, like is he? Isn't he? And the same thing with like Inception. You try and like there's a there's a way to watch it where he's asleep the entire time, and you're like, oh, like you kind of battle with yep. yourself around it. Love doing that. Um, I feel like you know if you come to it afterwards, you don't get that real battle. You just go, oh, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. That that was a film that freaked me the fuck out when I was a kid. Eh? I um, that scared the shit out of me. Yeah, shit, man. He's still recovering. He's <laughs> still recovering. Uh, um, so I have never seen the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't believe you. I know it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, so I, I think um, a big one for me is I'm a huge Stanley Kubrick fan. I think he is 
really very arguably the greatest director who ever lived. Um, and I have not seen probably roughly half of his films. Um, and that's very deliberately because he's not making any more and I don't want to run out of them. So I'm, I'm saving those for when maybe they crop, crop up on the big screen. I can watch them in the best way possible for the first time um, or, or something like that. Um, have you and, seen Eyes Wide Shot? Yes. Cool. Yeah. I, watched, I think I watched that on Channel 10 when I was way too young. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the other one, like I guess. such a wasted. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah a, it's a wasted breaks. sponge. Remember what commercial it is. Break? Yeah. yeah. It's a bunch of his that I haven't seen, especially his early ones. Mm. Dr. Strangelove as well. I haven't seen that. Man, I watched that just a couple of years ago on the big cinema, screen. Right. Amazing. That holds up better than most comedies from like the 90s. Yeah. Um, another huge one, I guess, is the movie that all other movies are compared to. I've never seen Citizen Kane, um, mm. which is you know widely regarded the greatest film I've ever made. Actually, I'm, yeah, I'm on board with that. I've, I haven't seen that as well. Mm. I'm, watched- I'm sure a lot of people haven't, but it's one that I'm actually really interested to see and probably another one that I, I would like to see on the big screen. And I think I've missed a couple of opportunities in recent years. but um, It'll be back. Yeah, it'll be back. That's one where when I saw it, I was expecting more almost. Mm. It's so of its era. Yeah. You've really got to mm. come at it from an artifact. Like I feel like something like The Shining or 2001 or even The Godfather, it still feels incredibly modern, mm. at least to me it does. But that one felt incredibly, you know, it yeah. felt like it was from 70, 80 years ago. Mm. I've, I think that um, with those kinds of movies, the – they're so ingrained in pop culture. I think they almost have the opposite effect for me where they just, they seem so commonplace that when I watch them, they're actually good. I'm like, Oh shit, they're actually good. Like I had that with Casablanca. Casablanca is, is rated as like, well, you know, one of these really great, you know, cinematographic historical um, films. Um, and so when I eventually watched it, I was just kind of like, Oh, it's part of the ethos, like, you know, kind of whatever type thing. And then I came out of it. I was like, Oh fuck, that's, that's mm. like actually legit. It's like really good. I the exact same thing with uh, it's a wonderful life. Mm. Um, so much of that, if you've watched enough of The Simpsons, you've seen most of it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I watched that on the big screen. I'm like, this is the most beautiful movie ever made. I was crying my <laughs> fucking life out. Um, but yeah, that's, that's that. Well, there we have it, guys. As I said before, hit us with your questions. We're ready for them. Uh, go check out our Godzilla review. We've got Dark Phoenix on the way this week. Ooh, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Get ready for that. Ooh. And uh I'm not hey, ready. <laughs> it's all coming up Millhouse of the podcast strikes back. Hit that subscribe button and uh we'll be back next week for the weekly movie show. Is that the, like the third time you said that? It's all coming up Millhouse? Ever? No, like on the podcast. On this episode? No, just like you know, last couple episodes, it seems to be cropping you up. You keep you keep count, friend. <laughs> keep me in check. I seem to be I, like every time check. you try and do an intro or an outro, I you, seem to be you critiquing always make a your, comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was slightly that was slightly different, different to usual. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you get it right, you know, we'll be there. Thank you, Connor, you little fucker. <laughs> See you, mate. Thank you, Benny, you big fucker. Hey, hey. bye, everybody. See you.